What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Benitez. You know, I always kind of laugh at myself when I say my last name, Benitez. But uh, it's a Spaniard last name. Did you know that? It comes from Spain. I looked it up. Yeah. And yes, Benny does mean my son. So, amen. <laughs> What's up, everyone? I just gave you like some brief ancestral historical like uh history anthony that's demonic no it's not just relax so anyways welcome to the truth podcast yes i'm your host i know it's a shocker but i am your host today so uh today's gonna be an awesome episode you know yesterday i was studying the word many you know a shocker to a lot of religious people but i was i was reading the word and i was going back and forth in a good way with ethan and we were discussing how, I, I never noticed this, but maybe maybe you'll see it. And actually, you are going to see it because that's what I'm going to teach about today. That Paul by the Spirit and Jude and Peter, they speak very strongly as far as correction against false teachers. So today's going to be kind of a juicy topic. You ready? We're going to be talking about false teaching false teachers because really you know let's debunk it because once you understand that this relationship with our lord jesus is based on grace based on unworked for favor it's not based on whether you quit that bad habit yet it's not based on you know if you're good enough if you stop chewing tobacco if you stop cussing if you stop you know smoking that jewel pen whatever it is it's not based on that those are all byproducts. Those are fruits. Like if, you know, not to be so like a adult, but if me and my wife, if we have a relationship, if we get intimate, the child that comes forth is a fruit of it. You know, it's not like I want to have children. I want to have children. I want to have kids. I want to have kids. I want to have kids. And then it's like we just forget that that's not how it's done. If, if I just focus on my wife and obviously you guys have had the uh, birds and bees talk. If I just focus on my wife and we just let it flow and we have intimacy, the children, they are the fruit. So all these like bad habits and, and you know and being good and you know giving up this habit and you know not cussing or whatever it is, why did I say that? Because all these things they are fruit. They're not necessarily what you should focus on. Because in fact, if you can take it, the more you focus on trying to be good the worse you become the more you focus on trying to kick that bad habit the more the bad habit will increase in your life that's called the law the bible says not anthony the bible says in the book of romans that the law comes in why so that you will have the knowledge of sin Furthermore, the Bible says the law comes in so that sin will become exceedingly sinful. In other words, when you put yourself under that dogmatic rule within your heart, if you say to yourself, I need to stop smoking this pen, I need to stop chewing this tobacco, the more you say that within yourself, the more you, the more you put yourself under the law. See, this is backwards. You know, we're so, our minds are so programmed to the fallen nature that we think this is absurd and honestly it sounds absurd to the natural man though to the natural mind this does sound absurd but this is the way of grace 
So like I was saying, the more you say to yourself, I need to stop doing this, that is putting yourself under the law. And the result is this, the scriptures cannot and will never be broken. The law comes in, furthermore, the law comes in so that the offense may abound. Hmm? The Bible says, for the strength of sin, 1 Corinthians 15, 56, the strength of sin is the law. Then the Bible says, sin will not have dominion over you when you are not under the law, but you, when you are under grace. The Bible says even more, this is number four, Romans, the Bible says, the law comes in so that sin will become exceedingly sinful. So what happens is this, we, when we try to focus on trying to kick that bad habit, that's called the law. If you put a demand upon your children, if you put a demand upon yourself, I need to stop doing whatever it is, personalize it to your own life. That is called the law. And we think it's noble to our natural mind. We think according to the flesh, we think it's we think it's great, it's dandy, we think that it's like I'm being very, you know, modest. But you're not, you're being you're being prideful. Because what what happens is this, we don't realize the utter depravity, and furthermore, we don't believe God that the utter depravity of the flesh is death. Jesus said the flesh profits nothing. And we say, well, if I put my effort, that's called the flesh, then it will profit something. Someone is lying here. Either Jesus is lying, which he never and doesn't lie because he's called the truth. Either Jesus is lying when he said that the flesh profits nothing. Or you're, you and me, we are liars saying that our efforts, our flesh disciplines will profit something so who who's telling the truth well to answer this question i'll bring in the bible the bible says let god be true and let every man including me including you become a liar god is the truth jesus is the truth so if jesus says the the flesh profits nothing if the holy scriptures if the word of god says that the law comes in so that sin will abound if the Bible says the law comes in so that sin will become exceedingly sinful, if the Bible says that sin will not have dominion over you when you are not under the law, then we must believe the word of God. We must submit to the word of God. And even if our logic, which the Bible says our logic is an enemy against God, if our logic is screaming, no, what are you talking about? You must be disciplined. You must do something. You must have a resolution. You must do something. That is the flesh. And the Bible says that is the carnal mind. And the carnal mind is an enemy. It actually says enmity. That word enmity means actively hostile against God. So why am I saying this? Because when we're, when we're talking about false teachers and false teaching, the Bible is very, very, very strict when it comes to correction and rejecting false teaching because of the detriment that it brings to your life. So what to do then? So, Anthony, you're saying, you know, I want to stop smoking this weed. You want, want me to tell you my testimony? 
because it actually is a very great illustration of grace. So I used to smoke maybe about an ounce of weed every single week. I would have a, never mind. I would have someone deliver it to me and I would have an ounce of weed in my drawer. And I still have that drawer, but it doesn't have an ounce of weed anymore. It had, <laughs> so, and I got saved, right? And listen to this. It might shock you, and this might shake some of your religious cobwebs, but it's going to help a lot of people. When I got saved, I was reading the Bible, and I was still smoking a lot of weed. You know, when I got saved, I, uh, the Lord Jesus, actually, let me, let me correct myself. When Jesus saved me, when Jesus saved me, when he rescued me, uh, it was supernatural how, because it was a gift of faith, I believe, operating at that moment, that I threw away every single prescription pill. I had like sedatives. I mean, I had like a pharmacy in my drawer, and I just threw them out. So, but afterwards, I, I, I still could not kick this habit of smoking weed. So maybe two months after I realized what had happened to me, what the Lord did for me, I began to read the Bible, but I was still very addicted to smoking weed. So I would read the Bible and I would smoke weed. Maybe that's you. That's okay. You can still do that. I, I remember I would go to Malibu because if this was during 2020 and no one was working. So I just drove myself to Malibu. I have I remember the Bible. It's a little red Bible. It was NIV. And I would get, I would smoke my little pen and I would sit there and read. And I would read the Bible. And I would receive communion with the Lord. I would receive revelation. Shocker. The Bible says, where sin increased, grace superabounds. So for the longest, I wanted to kick this habit. And and then it came to a point where I remember specifically in my room, I was I was laying down and then I was I was like, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. That might be you today. So listen up. I don't want to smoke this this pen anymore and i got to a point where i threw out all the you know um all the nugs and all the um weed leaves okay all the like leaves of weed but i had this little itty bitty pen that i was holding on to like a crutch that it was like wax so i remember i was like you know what? i want to stop so then i grabbed the pen i put it in the bathroom and i said i want i want to stop and then that's called the law so then because i put myself under the law then within two minutes i got up and i was like let me go get it one more time then i hit the pen one more time and then i was like, all right, all right. and then i was like you know i really need to stop that's called the law so then i so then the minute i said i need to stop then the the bible says that sin arouses that sin revives when the law comes in when you put yourself under that dogmatic rule like i did i need to stop then the bible says sin revives and that's in romans in romans chapter 7 sin revived and i died so then i was like all right i need to stop a minute later i felt an urge to smoke and I did this cycle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Until finally, you want to know deliverance? Until finally, I grabbed a pen. I put it, man, and I feel the Lord on this too. I put the pen in my drawer and I got on my knees. I remember specifically, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I prayed to God and I said, I cannot stop this. Because prior to that, I would, I would boast in myself and say, all right, I need to stop. As if man can stop sinning. If man can stop sinning, then why did Jesus come? Man has no power 
even as a Christian, over sin. That is why when we get out of the way, Jesus subdues everything. The Bible says in Philippians that Christ has the power to subdue all things unto himself. So I got on my knees and I prayed to God in the most earnest, sincere way. I said, God, I cannot, and this was before like I knew Jesus so intimately. I would just say, you know, metaphorical, like God, you know, God in heaven. But God sees your heart. You know, you don't have to pray perfect prayers. We, we, it, it's, it's, it, it's, and I used to be this way. Enough with trying to pray the perfect prayer. Be real and talk to your father like a child talks to his dad. So then I said, I said, Lord, I can't stop this. And I got on my knees. I said, please help me. I can't do it. That is like the party anthem in heaven. Those three words, I give up or I cannot. That is like, you know, what's your favorite song? That is like like music to our father's ears. I can see the angels in heaven just rejoicing and, and like... You ever watch uh, like a baseball game and the guy just hits a home run and then you have the entire dugout waiting for him on home plate, like cheering him on. The freaking crowd goes wild. That is how heaven rejoices when we humble ourselves and we say, I give up. I can't. I, I can't. I can't do this. I can't quit. So I prayed and then I got back up. And out of shame, I went back to the bathroom looking for that pen. And that pen was gone. And I searched for it. And I searched for it. And, you know, if you're fainting for something, you will search for that thing. I searched for it with a fine tooth cone. I could not find it. I moved out of this place. And I still can't find it. It, it, it was supernaturally gone. It's not like I put it in a mystery compartment. I literally put it, like, very visible. So why did I say all that? Friend, we have to understand that we have no strength in us to quit that thing. You know, and the Lord, the Lord sometimes will do supernatural stuff like that. But the, more, the majority of the time, it, it's a heart posture of realizing you cannot. And what will happen is that the Lord will allow us to try to quit that habit only to fail time and time and time and time again. Until we say, shoot, the Bible's true, huh? In me dwells no good thing. Huh. I'm baffled at myself. I, I can't do this. That revelation is the best place you can be at. Because then you will really understand that in you dwells no, no good thing. And then you will really begin to lean on Jesus as your Savior. Every, and that's what it means to be a he is our savior he's not uh you know he's not just our teacher he's our savior he's a friend he's a friend he is a friend so why did i say all that because my friend i'm telling you 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 and i by our own will our own corrupted f flesh and strength that we ha think that we have, we have no ability 
we have no ability to overcome sin. Think about it. If we have the ability to overcome sin, then why did Jesus come? Then why is the Holy Spirit given to us? Do you ever think about that? Why is the Holy Spirit given to us if we if we can do it on our own? But and if we cannot, there is someone, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, greater is he who is in us. There is someone greater than the enemy, than our flesh, than every circumstance. And it, his name is Jesus. Christ in you. The hope of glory, Colossians says. His name is Jesus. And if you would just allow Jesus to serve you, if you would allow Jesus to do it, so that position, that, that that position right there, the I cannot, the I give up, a lot of the times, to be honest with you, because we're so strong-willed, the Lord will allow us to go over and over and over and over again and over again and over again. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can take the Word of God for the truth because it is the truth and believe him when he says that in you does no good thing and believe him when he said in john chapter 15 that without me you can do nothing and believe him that he said in john 15 again that you are the branches i am the vine when you simply rest then and only then will you bring forth much fruit in your life only when what when you abide when you rest when you do nothing when you let go and let god you know that is grace. Grace is getting out of the way. Grace is him doing it for you, not you doing it for him. Grace is Jesus doing everything so that Jesus gets all the glory. With that being said, let's go to today's meat and potatoes. I want to talk to you about what the Bible calls false teachers, false teaching. Okay? And I want to go to Jude. And this is actually mentioned so much it's mentioned in First Peter, it's mentioned in Second Peter, it's mentioned in Jude, it's mentioned in a lot of Paul's teachings, it's mentioned a lot in the New Testament. I would even beg to submit this to you, that it's mentioned at least 25% of the New Testament is written against false teachers. So let's, let's, let's get into it, shall we? Jude, which is only one chapter, says this, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified. Let's pause there. You, listener, in uh, Warsaw, in Belgium, in Des Moines, Iowa, in Pittsburgh, in New York City, you, listener, you are sanctified. I love how Paul, by the Spirit of God, called the Corinthian church, who was indulging in orgies, adultery, getting drunk at the Lord's table, uh, suing each other at court, having like political parties within the church. I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. Paul, by the Spirit of God, knowing that this was going on, called them saints when he wrote to the Corinthian church. All, with all this mess... Paul called them saints. Furthermore, Paul said, you, you lack in no good thing. You lack in no good gift. For the grace of God is seen among you. To the saints, sanctified. To the brothers, to the brethren. You, you come behind in no gift. And Jesus Christ will establish you and finish it. That He said this to this church that was like freaking a, a burning man church. 
you know, lightning in a bottle, the type of stuff that was going on. And even here, Jude said, to them that are sanctified. I love how Ethan, when he did one of the audio podcasts, I love what he was talking about. You should go check it out. It's called Believe That You're Clean. You see, you have to see and understand that you are a new creation. You, you don't do to become. First, you see. The very first thing, you know, when Christians get saved, what must I do? In fact, someone asked Jesus that. What must I do to work the work of God? Jesus replied in the scriptures, and it is written for our benefit. And Jesus said, this is the work of God, that you will believe in the Son of God, and you will have eternal life. You know, the work is to believe. To be obedient means to believe. Believe what? Believe that it is finished. Believe that you are clean. Believe that you are a new creation. Believe that you all your sins have been purged. Believe that every single sin, past, present, future, everything you're doing will ever commit, every mistake you will ever do in this life, God already foresaw it because God is outside of time. You see, if God was under the restriction of time, because that's the way that our natural logic thinks. If God was restricted by time, then that will make time greater than God. But God is the one who created time for us. But He is outside of time. So like a parade, He has seen, this is what it means, to the foreknowledge of God. That He already knew that you, at the age of whatever, 21, 18, he knew at that age you would believe and receive the Lord Jesus. And he has seen your entire life like a resume. He's seen everything from the day you were born to the day you go be with the Lord. Every mistake you will ever commit, he's seen it, he's examined it, and what it would happen? Did he just say, well, let boys be boys? No, God is holy. God is just. But you see, when he opened the book of your life and he saw every sin that you ever will commit and have committed, every sin in the future that you're going to commit, he opened the book of your life and he said, this laid on the body of my son, Jesus. So all of your sins have already been punished. On the body of Jesus Christ. If God were to punish you for the mistake you just did, then that is calling God unholy. Because you're saying that though Jesus paid every single punishment for every sin you will ever commit because he is outside of time and you need to get punished, what you are saying subconsciously is that God is not holy. That God is not just. Why? Because that is called double jeopardy. If Jesus paid the punishment for every single sin, every mistake, every bad habit for your entire life, and now you have to pay for it, that would negate the work of the Son of God. That would make God unholy because that would be called double jeopardy. But praise be unto God. God is holy. God is just. That's why the Bible says in Romans that He is just that he is righteous in making you righteous. So every sin, every mistake, every bad thought, every bad habit was laid on the body of Jesus Christ. And now, 
when you make a mistake, it's not like God's like, oh, I, ne- I didn't know you were going to say that. Oh, I didn't know you were going to do that. No, he already saw it. He already saw it and he laid it on the body of Jesus Christ. That's why when Jesus said, it is finished, the entirety of God's wrath for your entire life. That is why the Bible says there is no more condemnation. There's no more punishment for you, even when you sin. Why? Because like a book, the Lord opened it up and said, okay, from age zero to age 120, this is what you have committed because he is outside of time. He That's called foreknowledge. He saw all your sins. He saw all your bad habits. And he said, okay, he closed the book, put it on the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid for it. So now there's no more condemnation or punishment for you when you sin. That's a God who is holy and righteous. So why did I say that? Because Paul addressed the Corinthian church. He didn't call them, you filthy sinners. He, he did not even call them, you stupid Galatians or stupid, foolish Corinthians. He called them saints. He established them. Yes, he corrected them, but even his correction was a reminder of who they are, of their position. Don't you realize your body is the temple of God? Don't you realize? I mean, and I love that Peter said this in Second Peter. He said, he who lacks these things has forgotten that they were purged from their old sins. So Jude, in this epistle, he says, to them that are sanctified by God and by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. I love this in one of the epistles that Paul by the Spirit said, Jesus, to him who is able, I want you, I want this to penetrate your soul, to him who is able to keep you from falling. What a precious friend and savior that we have in Jesus. To him who is able to keep you from falling. Jesus is able to preserve you, to keep you from falling. So, the Bible says mercy and Peace be multiplied unto you, and love be multiplied unto you. Verse 3, Jude chapter, there's no chapter, Jude verse 3. So let's get into the false teachers, right? Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, that means passionately, the way that I'm talking right now, would you say it's a little bit passionate? Because the Bible says, I exhort you that you should passionately, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints the faith so he says i exhort you that you would passionately that you would earnestly contend you know what it means to contend you ever played mortal Kombat? you know next contender they're they're fighting you know what it means to contend it means to to actively contend to fight for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints now let's pause here because faith, like I mentioned, faith can be so, you know, just euphoric. It can be uh, just uh, metaphorical, I should say. It, it can be so like just ambiguous, like, you know, this mystical, you know, fugazi, fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a psh, fairy does. It doesn't exist. If you get my, my movie excerpt. So what is faith? Let's go to the scriptures. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 verse 24 says, So the law... 
was our guardian until Christ came, listen to this, that we might be righteous by faith. So what's the question that we're discovering here? The Bible says that we are to earnestly and passionately contend for the faith which was delivered unto the saints. What is this, the faith? Galatians chapter 3 verse 24 in context is explaining law and grace. Righteousness by faith versus righteousness by the law, by working. So in this specific verse, Galatians chapter 3 verse 24, the Bible says, So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be made righteous by faith. Next verse, verse 25, chapter 3. Now that this faith has come, now that faith has come is the original Greek. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. What did it just say was a guardian? The Bible says the law was our guardian to bring us onto Christ that we might be declared righteous by faith, that we might live by faith, that we might be righteous, justified by faith, not by doing. Faith and works are in enmity against each other. So then the next verse says, now that faith has come, now that this faith has come, now that the faith has come, we are no longer under the law. So what is this, the faith that Jude by the Spirit was exhorting you and I to contend earnestly for this the faith when the bible talks about become uh, obedient to the faith to be obedient to the faith it's always talking about submitting yourself to the righteousness of faith romans chapter 11 the bible says that israel has a passion for god they have a zeal for god However, they being, like many Christians today, they being ignorant of the righteousness of God have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God and have gone out of their own way to establish their own righteousness. And as such, they're in unbelief. So, to become obedient in context is to submit yourself to righteousness by faith. And I'm going to continue to teach about righteousness by faith. So, to become obedient is simply to believe. To believe the truth. To believe the word of God. Because you have to understand, what is the sin? What was the sin of Israel in the wilderness? I feel like I'm Alex Jones today. I don't know why I'm so riled up today. I don't know why. You guys ever watch Alex Jones? No. I mean, yes, go ahead and do it. Sorry. I don't want to put you under the law. No, but seriously, uh, to become obedient, well, first of all, let's answer this question. What was the sin of Israel in the wilderness? Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 tells us the sin of Israel. Well, Anthony, bless God, it was them having sex outside of marriage. It was them worshiping this golden calf. It was them having, uh, you know, bitterness in their hearts. The bitter, the water were bitter, all this stuff. My friend, that is the fruit. But what does the Bible say was the sin of Israel in Hebrews 3 and 4? The sin of Israel was unbelief. 
They did not believe that God said, hey, go into this promised land. Deuteronomy says it's flowing with milk and honey. It's a finished work. It is finished for you. It's done by grace. Nothing for you to do. Everything for you to just believe and enter in. Come on. Come into this, this mansion. Come into this promised land. Come into the land of rest. Come into this land where you will live in houses you did not work for. No, but I want to work. Come and drink from these wells that you did not dig. No, but I want to dig. Come and eat from these vineyards which you did not plant. No, but I want to plant it on my own. So the sin of Israel, Hebrews 3 and 4, is unbelief. And because they were in unbelief, then yes, fornication, adultery, bitterness, anger, wrath, uh, division, seditions, witchcraft, all this stuff happened because they were in unbelief. You see, on this side of heaven, everything is faith or unbelief. Do you believe the testimony of God? But Isaiah said this he said the lord who hath believed our report who believes the word of god and the same question is posed to you and to me today who has believed our report who believes that it is finished who believes that you are a new creation who believes that it is completely done it is a finished work nothing for you to work to change to do everything for you to believe do you believe the report of the lord Israel didn't. They were in unbelief, and as such, everything comes with, with unbelief. Sex, fornication, unbelief, bitterness, wrath, anger, holding grudges, everything comes. Why? Because of unbelief. But when you believe, when you rest, that's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy. And even self-control is a fruit of grace. Do you realize that? So, the Bible says, we earnestly contend for the faith. This faith, I just read it according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. This faith is righteousness by faith. What did I just say righteousness by faith was in the earlier podcast? I said, it's simply resting and believing the report of the Lord. Do you believe? Do you believe it's finished? Do you believe it's done? That's what it means to be obedient. To faith, And if I can find the scripture, because there's just so much going through my mind right now. So many scriptures popping out. There's a scripture, Dre, that the Bible says that it, it's, it's beautiful. Hopefully you can find it. There's a scripture that makes a contrast. The Bible says some, uh, something about, Lord help me with this, about believing. And then the opposite of believing was disobedient i believe it's in like second peter the bible says uh that believing and then it goes on to tell us that the opposite of believing is to become disobedient so when church people are like you know they're not being obedient you're not being obedient no actually to become obedient the bible says be obedient to the faith is to believe 
the report of the Lord. To be like the two spies in Israel. I believe that it's finished. I believe that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I believe that I come behind in no good gift. I believe that I'm healed by whose stripes I was healed. To believe that I have the mind of Christ. To believe that my sins have been put away. To believe that I'm born again. To believe that I'm a child of light. To believe that the grace of God is upon me. To believe that I'm blessed because I'm righteous by faith. To believe the report of the Lord. That is what it means to become obedient. To become a disobedient child is to not believe the grace of God. So, Jude, he just, so he just said, hey, we need to passionately contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Next verse. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained for this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, pause there. Turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness. How? And denying the Lord God and denying the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look in 2 Peter chapter 2. Peter says the same exact thing. That they even deny the Lord who bought them with a price. So this is talking about Christians. Because the Bible says they've been bought. This is in 2 Peter. So I'm making two, two parallels here. So the Bible says one very distinct one very distinct factor and contributor to understanding someone who is teaching falsely is that they deny the Lord Jesus. They don't even bring up Jesus. When you hear them talk, they talk about God. They talk about revival. They talk about healing. They talk about the anointing. But they don't talk about Jesus. And not just Jesus. Listen to this. Not just Jesus as a teacher. I was driving down uh, the 101 today or the 405. And there was a church. Bless God. You know, it's a great church, I guess. And I was just learning to live like Jesus. But that's not it. It's not learning to live like Jesus. It's Jesus is our Savior. For God's sake, Jesus is not just a teacher for you and I. He is our Savior. In fact, the Bible says in Colossians, when Christ, who is our life. So it's not about learning to walk like Jesus. It's not about learning to live like Jesus. It's about understanding that Christ is our life. He is our Savior. That without Him, we can do nothing. So one contributing factor to someone turning the grace of God into lasciviousness is the Bible says they denied the Lord God. They denied the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you hear sermons, they don't even preach about the finished work of the cross. You don't hear about Jesus, his finished work. You don't hear about the cross. Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, I determined to know nothing except Jesus and him crucified. The Bible says, furthermore, in 1 Corinthians, Paul by the Spirit again said, but we preach Christ crucified. He preaches Christ crucified. I determined to know nothing except Jesus and Him crucified. So, something to understand is we realize that if Jesus is left, if a, how do you know if someone's a cult? How do you know if someone's a cult? Very easily, are they pointing to the Lord Jesus and His finished work? Or are they pointing to 
their denomination? Are they pointing to themselves? Are they pointing to not even God? Because even atheists call God, God. Even the demons believe in God. Even Muslims believe in God. It's not just enough to say God. It is Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. So one contributing factor is, are they pointing to the Lord Jesus and his finished work? Are they glorifying Christ? Because Christianity, the word Christ is everything. Christianity is Christ-centered. It is not about you. It's not about your formulas. It's not about your denomination. It's not about uh, anything except Christ and his finished work. So to understand those who turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, they deny the Lord Jesus. You don't hear him. You don't hear him preached you don't hear him talk about the cross for god's sake we went to a bible school so you cannot tell me i'm i'm just making this this stuff up for god's sake the majority of, even of the senior pastors have no idea about what happened on the cross they don't even bring up the lord jesus there's no uh, understanding of the cross there's no understanding of what jesus did there's not even the mention of the name jesus you go to people's websites and it's all about the anointing it's all about healing it's all about miracles, signs, and wonders. It's all about, uh, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's all about this. It's even like you even go to ministries and your eyes are beginning to be open now and you will see the famine of the Lord Jesus Christ in many churches. Why? Because men, people message me telling me this. It's not even, you go to people's websites and it's always like, you know, I'm sorry, I, I love this man. I'm not, Actually, I'm not even going to mention it. But it's like, the anointing or, you know, the Holy Spirit, a friend, a teacher. And yeah, he is. But so they glorify the Holy Spirit. They glorify the anointing. They glorify miracles, signs and wonders. They glorify everything but Jesus and his finished work. Not not just Jesus as a, you know, a good teacher, but Jesus as your savior. Is he your savior? Is he your life? Is he your everything? It's no longer you that live, but it is but is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is Christ mentioned in that church? Are you listening to Christ-centered sermons? These are all questions to ask. Verse 5. I would therefore put you in remembrance that you want, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. Bingo. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them who what? Who sinned? Who committed adultery? Who got a divorce? Who smokes a lot of weed? No, no, no. The Bible says the Lord destroyed them who believed not. Obedience to the faith. To believe what? It is finished. Nothing of works. Look to Jesus and be healed. Look to Jesus and be saved. So the Bible says he destroyed them, not who sinned, he destroyed them who did not believe the report of the Lord. And the angels, you found it? Yeah, I was just waiting for you. Yeah, go ahead. First uh, Peter 2, verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. First Peter chapter 2, verse 8. What does it say? Actually, let me look it up here. First Peter chapter two verse eight. So hold on, I'm doing a painting. That's a good segue. Man, this might just be a little bit of extended, uh, extended episode, but it's okay. Verse eight. 
Yes. Unto you, therefore. Man, this is so beautiful. This is talking about Jesus. You ready? Mm, man. <laughs> Where to start? All right. Uh, verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Talking about Jesus. Elect and precious. And he that believes... Not he that does. He that believes on him, on Jesus, shall not be ashamed. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Talking about Jesus. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head cornerstone. Talking about Jesus. A stumbling stone, a rock of offense, unto them which stumble at the word. Being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Pause. So the Bible says, Unto you which believe he, Jesus, is precious. But unto them which be disobedient. <laughs> Interesting. You would think that the Bible would say, you know, unto you who believe and unto them which do not believe. But the Bible says, unto you who believe he, the chief cornerstone, Jesus, unto you which believe he is precious. And then the Bible says the contrast of not believing, but unto them who are disobedient. And then it further illustrates this in verse 7. But unto you who is precious, but unto them who become who are disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head cornerstone. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, unto them which stumble at the word. Why? Being disobedient. In context, what is it saying? Unto you which believe, he is precious. Unto them which are disobedient. In other words, to become disobedient is to not believe. Unto you who believe, he is precious. Unto them which do not believe, the Bible calls that disobedience. So every time a religious pastor tries to get it up in your face, you're not, you're not obeying God. You're not obeying God. You can say, you know what? According to the scriptures, you're not obeying God because you're not saying, because you are imposing works. You are negating the work of Christ. And I am simply resting in the finished work of my Lord and Savior, Jesus. How about you? To become obedient to the faith is to rest. To become a disobedient child is to not believe. The Bible clearly says this. To you who believe he is precious. To them which are disobedient, he is rejected. But God has made him, Jesus, as our righteousness, a stumbling stone. A rock of offense. So, that was a good segue. Thanks for that, Trey. So let's continue on. So what, what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about uh, uh, I, I'm mandated by God to correct these things because it's so, it's so pervasive. And Declan hit me up the other day, and it really encouraged me because he was like, you know what? At first, I wasn't too comfortable when you you know kind of correct certain doctrines, but now I just feel peace when you do it. Why? Because you begin to realize that this, I was talking to, to Ethan about this. 
you begin to realize the subtlety and the deception of false teachers within the body of within within not even the body but within the church and for you as children the bible says in proverbs if a person lays a trap in the sight of, of a bird then that trap is laying is laid in vanity i'm gonna say it one more time if a person lays a trap right in front of the bird the bird sees it then the bird sees the trap it will not get trapped. Instead, it will just go right around it. In the same exact manner, when we realize the subtlety, when we, when we begin to understand and mature and realize that anything that is not of the finished work of the cross, anything that isn't Christ-exalting, anything that is man-exalting, is false teaching, we are able to grow in grace. The Bible says you grow in grace how? By the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So, let's continue. Jude, are you guys enjoying this? Jude, verse 9. Actually, verse 8. Likewise, it's still talking about those who turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. Why? Because they denied the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says that he destroyed them who did not believe. Did not believe that it is finished. Likewise, this is verse 8. Also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. Listen to this. They despise dominion or authorities or governments, and they speak evil of governmental officials. That's what the Bible says. That's what dignities mean. Likewise, also, these, this is still talking about the same people. It's talking about the people who don't bring up Jesus Christ in his finished work. They turn the grace of God, and you're going to see this in, in Second Peter, how the, the Bible says that the way, which is grace, is evil spoken of by them. And then furthermore, the Bible says that they that these false teachers do not believe. They do not believe that it's finished. They do not believe that there's nothing for you to do. They do not believe that in the depravity of humanity, that in us dwells no good thing, that everything is about Jesus. Furthermore, the Bible says, likewise, these same exact people, these filthy dreamers, they defile the flesh, they despise dominion, and they speak evil of government officials. Listen to this, verse 9. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Yet Michael the archangel did not bring a riling or a bullying accusation against the devil, but simply said, the Lord rebuke you. Michael was contending for the body of Moses with the devil. The Bible says in verse 9 that Michael the archangel did not even, the Bible says, a riling accusation, a bullying accusation. He didn't call him names. He didn't slander the devil. Michael the archangel, he was contending with the devil for the body of Moses. And the Bible says Michael didn't even slander the devil. But instead, the Bible says all he said was the Lord rebuke you. In context, this, well, let's continue reading verse, the next verse. But these, these same people who deny the grace of God, who don't bring up the Lord Jesus, who despise government officials, but these people, they speak evil of those things which they do not know. And what they do know naturally as brute beast, in those things they corrupt, they corrupt themselves. 
Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Really quickly, Abel and Cain. Abel offered the sacrifice. He offered a blood sacrifice, a type of Jesus as your righteousness. Cain did not offer a blood sacrifice. He offered his own works. And the Lord was so merciful that in the Hebrew, you know, when uh, your famous Pentecostal preacher says, sin is knocking at your door. In Hebrew, that word sin is a noun. That, that, that word is a sin offering is knocking at your door, Cain. What is, what is the Lord saying? He's saying, hey, Cain, why are you upset? A sin offering is knocking at your door. Offer it up. Offer me a blood sacrifice. A sin offering is knocking at your door. Sin, the noun, a sin offering is knocking at your door. Offer it up. But Cain refused the righteousness by the blood of the lamb. And instead, Cain offered up his own works righteousness. He offered up the work of, of his toil to the ground, which the ground is cursed. So Abel offered up a blood sacrifice, a type of Jesus, saying, Jesus is my righteousness and was accepted then Cain instead of offering blood he offered up his own works and God said hey what are you doing there's a sin offering knocking at your door offer it up but Cain refused that's why the Bible says woe unto them for they have gone in the way of Cain why because they refuse to declare Jesus as their only righteousness Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. It is Him alone that you come to God as a Christian. It is none of your works. It is all about Jesus. And Cain refused to offer up a blood sacrifice. Let's continue reading. This is getting this is getting like good. And they ran greedily, greedily after the error of Balin for money and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Verse 12, these are spots in your feast of love. So these are people who, these are people within the church. It's not talking about sinners. These are spots in your feast of love when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about with, of winds, trees whose fruit wither, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now, verse three, verse uh, 17, three verses afterwards. But beloved, now listen to this. So what is in contrast to all this? Verse 17, but beloved, you remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go now, just for time's sake, let's go to Second Peter. I'm going to wrap this up. So false teachers, what, 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 was, what was it talking about in Jude? It was talking about those who deny the Lord Jesus. They, they turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. Why? How? By denying the Lord Jesus. They run after money. The Bible says they, didn't, they go in the way of Cain, which Cain refused to offer a blood sacrifice. Instead, Cain offered his own works, works righteousness. Second Peter, verse, chapter 2, verse 1. And there were false 
prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who subtly shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow after their damaging ways, by reason of whom the way of truth, grace and truth came by Jesus, grace is the truth, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. You ever hear these religious people always slander grace? So the Bible says, there shall be false teachers among you who subtly shall bring in, so this is not like out, this is, you have to understand the, 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 the ways of the enemy and the ways of, of, of subtlety, it's not like a outright. It's very a little here, a little there. It's very subtle. The word uh, pernicious in the King James means gradually. You know, gradually means a little bit here, like, like slowly, surely, a little bit, very subtly, very gradually. That is, that is the ways of the devil. It's not just outright. It's not like, you know, one day they're going to be like, you know what? You know, yes, we're saved by Jesus, but now that we're saved, you actually, they, they, that's what they say now. Now that you're saved, you better, you know, you better be right or get left behind or whatever. So you better get to work. I actually heard this senior pastor of this church that I was at before, which you guys know. The Bible said, I mean, the Bible, good, good Lord. This is how much I quote the Bible. But this senior pastor, and I, and I use the word pastor very loosely, he said, um, someone was asking him, well, you know, what you're talking about, uh, Joe or Jose, is works. And this senior quote-unquote pastor said, yes, it is, and you should try it. Like very uh, proudful and boastful. No, you're very idiotic and ignorant, if that. So, the Bible says many shall follow after their damaging ways by reason of whom the way of truth. John chapter 1 says grace and truth came by Jesus. The Bible says in John chapter 14, Jesus of himself said, I am the way, the truth. John chapter 1 says of his fullness have we received grace upon grace. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus, the Bible says of his fullness, he is full of grace. Grace and truth came by Jesus. So, the Bible says that they even deny the Lord Jesus who has bought them. That's again, if it's not Christ-centered, it's false teaching. If it's about discipline, it's a, if it's about you, if it's about your efforts, your works, what are you doing? It's not about you, friend. It's about Jesus. The Bible says that these false teachers subtly come in, bringing damnable heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them. And bringing, but listen to this, and they will bring upon themselves swift destruction. So you might, it might look pretty now, but the word of God is the truth. The Bible says they are doomed to destruction. And we see it. We see churches. We see like, you know, the trends. It's like freaking, you know, I worked in Hollywood before. It's like trends. One minute someone's hot, then they're not. Then someone, you know, is hot, then they end up killing themselves. Same exact thing within this. Why? Because the word of God can't be broken. The word can't be broken. Grace is gradually. You can't rush grace. It takes time. There's patience. It, it's like a seed is planted. You don't dig it up. Just wait. Go to sleep. Just keep keep believing and that's it but we expect overnight success 
And the Bible says that those who deny the Lord, those who deny the way of truth, the way of grace, the Bible says they bring upon themselves swift destruction. Verse 3, and through covetousness, you see the, the trend, through greed, through money, they always talk about money, always talking about prosperity. I'm for prosperity, but prosperity is not my God. It is a provision, and I worship the provider. Through covetousness shall they with feign subtle words make merchandise of you. Basically, they see you as a number. I was like this in the previous church. How many people were at the outreach? How many people are at this crusade? You have a group chat. You say, how many people? Oh, you know, yes, we're growing. And they boast in their numbers. It's not souls. It's not about Jesus. Through covetousness shall they with feign words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels that sin, but cast them to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, listen to this, a preacher of righteousness, interesting, right? Bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those who shall live ungodly. And delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy lifestyle of the wicked. The Bible says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. In context, what is this all saying? This is, uh, this is all saying about you're either believing the truth and you're glorifying Jesus or you're into covetousness, into money making. You don't even bring up Jesus. You bring up offerings more than jesus you focus on the provision instead of the provider you even deny the lord jesus who bought you you uh evil speak of the way of grace the way of truth remember grace and truth came by jesus you reject grace you reject the lord jesus and you go out of your own way why because of covetousness and you make a merchandise of the people but their damnation will not slumber now listen to this. But, man, how much time do I have? Okay, hang, hang with me for 10 more minutes. This is good, right? Because I'm, I'm reading the, I'm reading the, uh, <laughs> I'm reading the, there's just so much, and I want to make sure I get the right ones. We'll just continue reading this entire chapter. You guys ready? 10 more minutes. Second Peter chapter 2. But these, as natural brute beast, remember, when we try to like use our logic to understand the ways of God, we're, we're, we're being natural. You know, when I say that when there is sin, according to the scripture, grace superabounds, your natural mind is like, well, how? When I say, hey, stop putting yourself under the law because then sin will abound, then your natural mind will say, wait, how? And these... As natural brute beast, made to be taken and destroyed, they speak evil of the things that they do not understand. That's what Jude said. They speak evil of things that they do not understand. Even First Peter said that Paul 
speaks things that are hard to understand, that they which are ignorant warp what Paul says as they do every other scripture. That's what Paul, that's what that's what it says in First Peter. That Paul, by the wisdom of God, speaks things that are hard to understand, and they which are ignorant warp the things that Paul says as they do every other scripture. Is are you being are you being fed a lot about the epistles of Paul or are you just getting riled up? Are you are you is it focused on you? Is it focused on fasting, on praying, on money? Who who and what are you learning about? Jesus? No? Then there is a problem. So so verse 12, and these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they do not understand, but they shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. Remember, there's only one righteousness, and it's righteousness by faith. Righteousness by faith. Are you being taught that at your church? Righteousness by faith. Righteousness without works. To the, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, to him who does not work but believes, to him his faith is counted for righteousness. So these people who corrupt the grace of God, who do not proclaim the finished work of Jesus, who point to themselves or their, their denomination, the Bible says they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. Why? Because they have not submitted to the righteousness of faith. As they that counted pleasure to write in the daytime, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. So this is not talking about some sinners. This is talking about people in the church. Didn't you just, didn't you just say that? They eat with you? So if this is like re being reiterated twice, don't you think I should take like an hour and some change to tell you about it? So let's continue. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery, they cannot cease from sin. Beguiling, that means seducing unstable souls. A heart they have exercised with covetous practices. Fundraising all the time, always about money. Covetous practices. Cursed children they are. The Bible says them that are of the works of the law are under the curse. Which have forsaken the right way. Jesus said, I am the way. And the Bible says, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Jesus in Hebrews said, I've come to do your will, O God, to put away the law that I may bring in grace. So verse 15 says, these people have forsaken the right way. They are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Basor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. And I think I'm going to stop there. Well, actually, no, let's continue these last two verses. Ready? Verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and are overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. This is a verse that's used against a lot of people who preach grace. But the, what, what is it talking about? What is the What did the Bible in this chapter start with? Talking about false teachers. So the Bible says 
that if they have escaped the pollutions, so if they get saved, if they escape the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And remember, Jesus said, I've come to do your will, O God, to put away the law that I may bring in grace. Grace and truth came by Jesus. Of his fullness, we all have received grace upon grace. Grace is Jesus. So the Bible says in verse 20, For if they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled therein, Galatians says, Do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Is it sin? No. In context, it's talking about the yoke of the law. So this is saying, if these people, if they get saved, and they hear about the grace of God, but they are going back to the law, they are again entangled, and they are overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had for it had been better for them not to have known, listen to this, this is going to hammer it down. For it had not been better for them to know the way of righteousness. Which is what? By faith. It had been better for them to have known, have not known the way of righteousness. The Bible says that for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Romans chapter 11. So it, for it would have been better for them to have not known the way of righteousness, which is by faith, without the law. The Bible says the law is not of faith. Galatians. Then after they have known it, to turn away from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned again to his own vomit, and the pig that was washed to her wallowing in the mud. Why? Because, you see, before you get saved, everyone, according to, to Romans chapter 2, has the knowledge of the law in their conscience. So what this is saying, it would have been better for these people to have not known about the way of righteousness, which is by faith without the law. Remember, Romans chapter 11, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Romans chapter 11, for Israel being passionate for God, but ignorant of the righteousness of God, have gone away to establish their own righteousness, which is by works, and have not submitted to righteousness by faith. So this is saying that these people, they deny the Lord Jesus. They even speak evil of the way, which the Bible says is grace. They, It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, which is by faith, Remember, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. It would have been better for these people to have never gotten saved than to believe and to, and to not even to believe, sorry, to know about righteousness by faith, to know about grace, to know that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. It would have been better for them not to have known this than to have known it and yet reject the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, who bought them with his own blood. This is not talking about sinners. The Bible says, even denying the Lord Jesus, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, even denying the Lord Jesus who bought them with a price. This is talking about Christians who deny the Lord Jesus, who deny his way of grace, who deny the way of righteousness, but shall receive the reward, the Bible says, for unrighteousness, which is what? Sinning? No. To reject the stone, 
the rock of offense, the, the cornerstone in Zion, which is Jesus as our righteousness. And there's so much more. If you go to Titus, Titus has three freaking chapters of talking about the same thing. I'm clapping here for emphasis about the same, like, about the same thing. Titus, three chapters, talking about the same thing. Jude, same thing. First Peter, same thing. Second Peter, same thing. Paul, same thing. You, you, you see, so this is important. This is so important. You see, so don't be deceived. This, just because they're talking about God, just because they have a cross on their, on their church building, is Christ everything. Not even... I want to learn to live like Jesus. Not even, you know, I want to be like Jesus. No, Christ is our life. The finished work of the cross must be glorified. Paul, by the Spirit of God, said this in Corinthians. There can be laid no other foundation than that which is laid. The Bible says, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. Paul, by the Spirit, said, I determined to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The Bible says, furthermore... Paul, by the Spirit, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, foolishness. So, in that in context, it's not just the Jews, but to the religious people, foolishness. And to the Gentiles, or sorry, to the Jews, weakness. And to the Gentiles, foolishness. Why? Because the Gentiles, the Greeks, they seek intellectualism. But the religious people, they seek miracle signs and wonders. Power. You ever hear about that? The power of God. You got to be the power of God. See, and that's why Christ crucified is a stumbling block. He is the rock of offense. He offends every religious person. But to you who believe, to you who believe, to you who believe, to you who believe, he is precious. Not to you who works. In fact, Romans chapter 4, to him who does not work but believes on him. His faith is counted for righteousness. So I want to end it right here. You know, I began it with saying, I exhort you, the Bible says, to contend earnestly for the faith. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. The Bible says that the law was our guardian until Christ would come, so that we will become righteous by faith. Verse 25, Galatians 3 says, but now that this faith has come, but now that faith has come in the original manuscript, but now that faith has come, we are no longer under the law. The law is not a faith, the Bible says. So we are contending here at Truth Ministries and many other churches. We're contending earnestly. And this was one of those episodes that it took a little bit longer, but there's just so much more. So I, I, I want you to pray for understanding. I want you to pray for wisdom. I want you to pray uh, sincerely, not even like, you know, wailing and travailing and whining and crying. No, just pray just like simple English, Chinese prayers. Just say, Lord, open my eyes to see your son, Jesus. Open my eyes to see Jesus. I want, I, as your pastor, I want you to pray this prayer. Not out of law or even... Uh, just like, uh, what is it, like just dogmatic, but out of sincerity. I want you to pray this prayer. Pray, pray, Lord, open my eyes to see Jesus. Because I'm telling you, 
every other religious system, every other merit system, every every other uh, system in the world is out to point you to yourself, to point you to your faith. In fact, the Bible says we live by His faith. Everything is about Jesus. And just because, I want to end here, just because someone is preaching grace or says the word grace does not mean they're preaching grace. I preach the you know I preach grace, Anthony. I agree, but grace without the finished work of the cross is not grace. Just because you know someone says I'm preaching, you know this is a grace church. It's not grace if the finished work of the cross is not being exalted. If Christ crucified His finished work, finished work. So if someone just you know I preach grace. You just go to, you know, because I'm not, I'm not in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm not in New York City, not yet. I want to go to Soho and shop for a little bit. I'm not, I'm not in these places where you guys are located. So as your shepherd, I'm, 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 I'm imparting to you this wisdom, this wisdom, and I know the Holy Spirit is helping you, because you know we have to understand this. If a trap is laid in the sight of a bird, it's laid in van in vanity. So when we realize that, we begin to mature and grow up. And the Bible says we are not uh, driven to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That's what it means to mature. In fact, in that same scripture, the Bible says that when we grow in the knowledge of Jesus, we will not be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine by the cunningness of man. The Bible says. So just because they preach grace, is the finished work of the cross being exalted? Is it pointed to your discipline? You. Us. Is it bringing the knowledge of sin? Is it bringing the knowledge of good? Is it talking politics? Is it talking prosperity instead of Jesus? Is it? And again, I'm for prosperity. It's a, it's a provision, not the provider. Is it talking about the anointing? Is it talking about miracles, signs, and wonders? Because a lot, a lot of it, it's so subtle. It's so freaking subtle. And I promise I'm ending here in the next two minutes. I have a timer on. It's so subtle. Just because they say, I preach grace, they spend the entire day talking, the entire sermon talking about healing signs and miracles and the anointing. You know, it's great. And it's all about Jesus, man. His finished work. Is it pointing to you? Are they talking about you know it's us against them? Politics. You know we need to conf you know we need to destroy the woke media. That's foolishness. Focus on Jesus. We like all the stuff that I'm just pulling the rug, pulling the rug under. And honestly, I I don't have a I don't have a a, a care in my bone in my body because I I I didn't want to be in ministry and I still don't want to be in ministry, but I can't. I can't help it. So if God has ordained me, then no man can take this away from me. No devil, no man, no demon can take it. I didn't sign up for this. The Lord signed me up. He ordained me. So I have no fear of man. So I can say publicly any of these, you know, debauchery doctrines. I'll, I'll correct the doctrine. I will not. I will not defame the man. I will not defame the character of the man. But I will correct the doctrine. Just like Jude just like Peter, just like Paul the Apostle. So, did you guys learn anything today? Yeah. All, all those scriptures that they use against you, in context, what is it talking about? Denying the Lord Jesus. Denying the way of truth. Going out of the way of righteousness, which is only by faith. All these things. Don't be deceived. Realize that Christ, Christ is the finished work of the cross. And don't even, because listen, 
our flesh would want to be envious of what's going on around us. But realize this, my friend, the scriptures can't be broken. And in Jesus' name, I'm just proclaiming it because that's what the scriptures say. That their destruction is swift. Their damnation does not slumber. 15 minutes of fame. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, that which is not of the foundation of Jesus Christ will be consumed. They will be saved, but their work will be consumed. So you can see what you see to the natural eye right now. But the, I believe the word of God. And if the Bible says that their damnation is not slumbering, if their destruction is swift, and in many places, the Bible says that if it's not built on the foundation of Jesus, it will be consumed. For our God is, our, is a consuming fire. Then why are we to envy anyone else? Do not, do not be hasty and do not despise the days of small beginnings realize the way of grace be patient and i'm telling you christ alone is enough so with that i'll see you in the next one hey guys we want to thank you for tuning in we pray that this quickened your heart if you like to give a one time or become a monthly partner visit our website and hit that give now button up at the top we thank you in advance and pray that you continue to receive everything god has already given you by grace through faith